this ain't no regular Taz show. It's the Friday Throwback Snack. <laughs> Friday Throwback Snacks? Mm-hmm. Every Friday, Taz takes an inside look at a classic match. <laughs> this is how you kick off a weekend. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome, guys. Welcome to the Taz show right here. Uh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for downloading this episode. Much appreciated, as you guys know. You did that either on iTunes or Spotify or TuneIn or TazShow.com or Radio.com. So thank you so much for doing that. You know it's Friday, as you heard that fancy Dan open. Yeah, not going to break down a match. Uh-uh, no. We're going to basically give you a little old-school episode here at a Taz Show. I think this was actually... A Taz show. This is not a human podcast machine where you're about to hear. This is going to be another throwback, right? On a fr- it's Friday, so I'm giving you throwbacks. Maybe it's the weekend, whatever you're doing. Hope you're loving the weekend. But this is going to be, uh, this episode was actually called, I think it was episode 18, 19. I think it was like a, episode 19, I believe. And um, it was called Suplex City. And I believe Seth deemed it Suplex City just by the, you know, the conversation. Um Basically, uh, you know, I get into a real, this was very popular. This was a very popular, for those that are newer to the Taz show and my content, this particular podcast or show that I did talking about suplexing was extremely popular. So uh, you're going to hear that in this. Um, We're going back in time. This is from 2015, I believe around May, April, May, something right around then. That's when it was springtime of 2015. Excuse me, that much I know. So, um, also, uh, get into details about all of my suplexes that I did in my prime and the wrestlers that, that inspired me uh, back then, but I tried not to copy them, but I inspired what I was inspired by them. I get into details in this episode of the art of the suplex, and um, I kind of pull back the curtain a good amount here on this thing here. So, um, but I really get into my passion of it and explain it. Um, trying to remember. This might have been when Brock really started getting the whole Suplex City thing over in 2015. You know, my memory's horrible with this stuff, but uh, I know you're going to love it. Seriously, I don't want to just make like a throwaway statement, but this is pretty cool. I mean, because look at like you see now suplexes being done now i apologize if i if i repeat a couple of things here in this in this beginning of this podcast that you might hear from 2015 uh, when you listen to it on the other side of the break uh, i apologize but it's just if i repeat it it's because like i said i don't listen to these things back i like to listen to them once we drop these podcasts these throwback snacks on fridays i like to listen to them in real time like you guys listen to them. once the guys edit them here then i, I listen to them back you know um but the suplex deal, man, like, you know, back, you know, when I was in my prime, uh, it was red hot and, and, uh, you know, uh, but not like now, now it's, it's almost to the point of, um, and this is what bothers me. It's like some really good suplexes or just the actual suplex. Um, I'm not talking about a vertical suplex here. I'm talking about something that's got a little pizzazz on it. They're being used as transitional maneuvers, which really kind of pisses me off, to be frank. Um, <laughs> you're just throwing away suplexes. is not a good move. Um, I also think that we've gotten a steady diet of German suplexes, uh, all different types, which some of them actually stink and some are real good, as we see today. Um, I try not to rip 
people that do them badly I don't want to be that kind of a douche You know, I could be douchey with other things But just try not to be public douche job Jobber type thing, you know uh, But, um, you know Suplexing is an art form uh, And there's a technique behind it And there's a style behind it And I get into it in this thing here later on And it's, it's you know, f- from the, the way you, your hips are utilized, the, the positioning of your hips, the, the, the type of grip you utilize, uh, what you do with your upper body from your spinal cord into the, the muscles in your neck, your skull uh, as you arch back, uh, your hamstrings, how important it is to the explosion there through your calves and hamstrings, which is basically the back of your legs. Um, all of that stuff is vital. Um, you know, and, and doing a proper suplex. So in this episode, I get into good detail on this thing here. And I think you guys are going to like it. You know, I, I don't want to spoil too much. Like I said, I haven't listened to this in a long time. Um, but it's, um, I think you guys will like it. I mean, it's a great name, right, for a podcast, Suplex City. We're going to go back in time and talk some Suplex City. And I'm going to get into details on it and explain. To, I, if I remember correctly, and that was several years ago. I remember we did this in the gimmick clubhouse, like most of these shows were done, these throwbacks. And um, <laughs> I think I got a little too technical, like with 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 the actual details of the throw. So you might have to rewind some of it when you listen <laughs> to it back. It might get a little confusing. So, uh, but I think you guys will like it. I do. I think you guys will definitely. Um, I think you guys will definitely dig it because uh, you know. And also, I think I get into this if I remember correctly. Uh, in this other end of this thing, when you hear in this episode here, I, you know, you know, one of the things with me in WWE when I first went there as a wrestler, when I debuted against Kurt Angle at Master Square Garden, I talked at length many times about the inf- infamous uh, release German suplex that didn't go well, and I double pumped and I put Kurt back down and rethrow him because he. You know, it was going to be dangerous And I explained, I think I explained that in this episode I think I do Um, Point is, I caught a lot of heat Uh, I had a lot of bad reputation uh, With a lot of people I believe in the front office of WWE With Vince McMahon down, they were concerned that My throws were dangerous and stuff like that And I know when they signed me They weren't that concerned And we, we talked a little bit, but they, you know and then once I started doing it, I guess some of the senior guys in the locker room or some of the guys that had Vince McMahon's ear were burying me behind my back, I guess that's what kind of, you know, hurt me. So, uh, but I never hurt anybody with a suplex unless I wanted to, to be honest. And I very rarely did that. Um, you know, I, I never tried to hurt my opponent unless it was a shoot, which was rare. I never, if, I, if it was a shoot, I wasn't going to hook you and suplex you, you know. Um, so, I, you know, my point in saying if I ever tried to hurt, if I ever wanted to hurt someone with a suplex that I meant to, I could. I, I'm not acting like a badass. I'm just saying, like, if you are off um, just uh, an inch or so or a hair, you can uh, cause a major pro- physical problem for someone with a suplex. So I took pride in being safe with my throws and protecting my opponents and respecting my opponents. I know sometimes in some of the stuff you see me do with suplexes, it might not look like I did, but that's my job. My job was to look like I was exploding someone's body through a cannon. That was my job as a, as a, as the human suplex machine. So, you know, um, I, my job is to look like I'm hurting people, right? And that's, that's, but I didn't, I did not do that. I did not hurt people. Um, and you know, 
suplexes now, like I joke sometimes on social media, I'll tweet when if I'm watching one of the wrestling shows, and I'll say, oh man, if I did that throw to the, back in my day, I would have got heat. These guys are getting a push. Um, it's true. <laughs> some of the suplexes you'll see with some of the 205 guys or the NXT or whatever, or when the UK tournament, man, dude, I, some of those throws I, I could do and was doing back in the day. I, if I did them in WWE, I'd have nothing but heat. Um, it's changed, though. Times have changed, which is good. You know, they're more open to things now. So I'm happy for the younger wrestlers, and, and it's good stuff. So uh, and I think this this uh, this old-school throwback from 2015 is good stuff from uh, Springtime 2015, Suplex City, Episode 19. I do think you guys will dig it, love it, and like it um, a lot. So let me talk to you guys about, uh, you know, my friends at Rocket Mortgage. You know, support for the task show comes from them. Rocket Mortgage by Quicker Loans. So they understand that the home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created this Rocket Mortgage, guys. It gives you that confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And it's simple. As you know, it allows you to fully understand all the details to be confident when you're buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And it's it's just it's a perfect way to go about it. You don't have to deal with paperwork. It's a digital process. It's convenient. It's trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. So Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, and mortgage confidently. To get started, guys, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAS. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. MLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. So you have it. All right. I'm uh, going to jump into a break here. On the side of break, you will have your episode 19, Suplex City. I get the full detail, full throttle from 2015 talking about suplexing. Enjoy it, guys. This is he, Taz, the human podcast machine, and thank you for downloading this edition and or subscribing right here on Play.it or iTunes to my show. Want to say, it's tough being the mayor. Very tough being the mayor. The mayor of Suplex City. But am I really... Am I really the mayor? I mean, I got people treat me like crazy. It's hilarious. It's a lot of fun, this whole Suplex City thing, thanks to Brock Lesnar. Um, You know, Taz, you're the mayor of Suplex City. I don't know. I might be, but I want to discuss suplexing, suplexers, pro wrestlers. I'm going to miss some guys. I'm going to probably forget to name some guys because you know me. I don't sit here with papers in front of me. I just talk off the cuff. Uh, so, you know, it's tough to do, you know, to, to nail everybody. Remember every really good suplex without having stuff written down. But I want to tell you about, you know, Suplex City. I want to tell you what I think Suplex City is and just thoughts and opinions about it and certain wrestlers that maybe inspired me a little bit or guys that I respected as excellent suplexers. And it, it's not a ton of them, but I just want to name a few and just discuss it a little bit here. And you guys might enjoy it. It's a fun, fun little gimmick here. So, so for those that don't know, at WrestleMania, this past WrestleMania, WWE's you know master event, 
well, the business, the business is a grand stage master event, WrestleMania. Uh, that was in California. Brock Lesnar was arresting Roman Reigns and hit him with a, a bunch of, I believe, German suplexes. And, and at one point, the handheld camera picked him up saying, suplex city, bitch, you know, something like that. And, well, it clicked. It basically went viral. And uh, I, I never thought in a million years, because this is what happened. WWE apparently bought a trademark to the word suplex city. I never thought in a million years. WWE or, or any company would trademark something with the word suplex in it, right? <laughs> Especially WWE, because it was, you know, when I went to WWE, I, I, uh, I, you know, my first match is well documented at Madison Square Garden against Kurt Angle, a guy we'll get into in a second. Um, you know, I hit, I did my normal routine uh, that I did back then of throws, of suplexes, you know, and uh, front head and arm suplex, T-bone suplex, overhead belly to belly, off the ropes, the whole deal. And uh, you know, I, I, I you know, it's people know I kind of had a, I had to uh, curb the way I was doing suplexes after that match a little bit, uh, which was cool, no problem. But now it's embraced now, which I think is great. I'm not not bitter. I, I want to say that first. I think it's great that it's embraced. I think it shows the evolution of the business, uh, WWE's uh, evolution into how to think what wrestlers do physically in the ring, um, and that suplexing can be done the right way without injuring someone and making it look very exciting, explosive, and awesome. I think a guy like Brock Lesnar, I'm talking current current wrestlers right now that I can think of the top of my head, a guy like Brock Lesnar does that greatly. I mean, Brock mainly hits German suplexes. I mean, for the most part. He's just throwing Germans. He's just doing a bunch of them, which is exhausting, okay, for the guy taking the bump. But uh, to be honest, a lot on Brock, too. You're, you're burning a lot of calories, and your adrenaline's flowing, and you're getting your heart rate cranking by doing all those German suplexes. I'm telling you from experience. So, but Brock is now, like, you know, a suplex uh a suplex king, basically. He's hitting all these Germans. Um, and and the, the, said the suplex city bitch thing, and it clicked. WWE owns a trademark on it, which I think is genius. So obviously there's going to be some merchandise or something coming out for it, which I think is great. Um, but there have been many other suplexers before him that are, uh, you know, are, are were ahead of him. And, and Brock would tell you that first and foremost. So... Um, I humbly say myself, uh, you know, I I try to do all different variations of suplexes, okay, and 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 we'll get into my my thing in a minute here. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Gotta pay some bills. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right here with this Suplex City edition of the Human Podcast Machine with me, Taz. All right, look, we'll take a quick break. All right, I'll be right back. I got to smack a few people around over here on the uh, 44th floor of CBS. So uh, I'll be right back. Okay, guys. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. There were guys that inspired me. I mean, the Iron Sheik was a guy who inspired me. Iron Sheik was a generation before me. The great Iron Sheik, and uh, he was innovative. The, the way he hit his gut wrench uh, and belly-to-belly suplex and, 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 and belly-to-back suplex, uh, I just think that for that era, the Iron Sheik, excuse me, the Iron Sheik was just ahead of his time, and it clicked in my brain watching him. 
I was like, wow, I, I could do stuff like this, change it a little bit, make it more modern, but let me get my sea legs under me as I started to really learn how to break, how to become a wrestler. But, you know, if you just learn how to lock up and take bumps in the ring, you shouldn't be thinking of different suplexes uh, or high spots off the ropes or crazy stuff. <laughs> walk, well, crawl, then walk, then run, then sprint, okay? So suplexing at a high level is a sprint. Learn how to work first. <laughs> so so anyway, so the Iron Sheik was a big influence on me. And um, I also uh, would watch the uh, uh, a lot of stuff the Steiner brothers did. I thought, I thought um, Scott and Rick Steiner were definitely were doing some different type of throws and utilizing their strength and power in those throws. Um, and, and did a great job at it. I thought they were pretty innovative, to be honest. I think they were inspired a little bit by some of the wrestlers in Japan, as was I. There was a guy, uh, Hase, uh, I think it was uh, Hiroshi Hase, who was, I was a big fan of his. Uh, great suplexer. I mean, so um, did a lot of different type stuff like that, collatized suplexes and Northern Lights and all, and I, I just was a fan and, and of, of his work. Speaking of Japan, uh, an American wrestler who was another awesome suplexer, a big, rugged, nasty dude, who had his his most of his oh, all of his success, uh, and he's no longer with us, unfortunately. Was Gary Albright had all of his success basically in Japan, but Gary Albright, I believe, wrestled for University of Nebraska, and I don't, I, I, I again, not writing stuff down. I, I'm, I'm assuming he was an All-American of sorts. Definitely was a heavyweight, big dude, but Gary Albright was a guy who went to Japan and was really exemplified strong style and did some heavy duty suplexing, you know, and, and did a great job of it. Uh, so, so that, that was, uh, to me, uh, a guy like Gary Albright was a guy, I was like, all right, he could do it big and hitting these throws and, and get over doing it. So I would, I would watch some of these guys and then also my, you know, martial arts background and my wrestling background, I would train and practice while I was I was already a pro wrestler, probably, I don't know, trained and, and certified, for lack of better terms, uh, maybe three years, uh, two, three years. And then I, I, I spoke to my cousin Joe uh, Chetty, and who was a wrestling coach at a high school on Long Island, uh, Vossi uh, head coach, and he had full access to the wrestling room. And they had crash mats in there, and I said, Joe, uh, I'm going to come in, man, if you don't mind... And, and work on some throws. I want to practice some suplexes on a crash mat. And I'm kind of exposing the secrets here of the human suplex machine, right? So he and I, uh, he, he would work with me, and we come up with different ways. And my goal was always, how can I hit this throw, make it look insanely explosive and dangerous, but yet protect my opponent? So for those that think I was not protecting my opponent, they're nuts. That was my goal from Jump Street, protecting my opponent. The only time I didn't protect my opponent was when I didn't want to. And I had a reason at times when I didn't want to protect my opponent. It didn't happen often, but at times it did happen. But I didn't start that fight. Let's just put that that way. So, <laughs> and I digress. Might be a good moment to digress right there. So I would train in this high school after wrestling practice with, with Joe and maybe one or two of the heavyweight seniors and just practice different stuff practice different throws on a crash mat so no one got busted up or hurt and that's really uh through months and months where i perfected and came up with all different unique variations of suplexing i truly would think of 
just any way to do it where it wasn't ridiculously looking stupid, but something that was very unique and kind of inspired by other guys' stuff and then make it my own. Like T-Bone Suplex. Right? I saw Scott Steiner do a T-Bone Suplex. I'm sure there was someone who did it before him, but I remember him for my eyeballs. He was the first guy I saw do it when he was with him and his brother with the Steiner brothers. And and I was inspired by that, but I felt like, and this is not a knock on Scott, I, I, I like Scott, I felt like I could take that suplex, change it a little bit to my style, add a little bit more of a back arch because I wasn't as big as Scott. I was a lot shorter and not as thick and strong, so I wanted to add more technique to the throw. Uh, where his throw looked bigger, but mine would I wanted to make it look more technically sound type of throw. So that was my goal like with that. And, and I named it the T-Bone Suplex. So I'm going to toot my own horn here, toot toot, because <laughs> I don't think anybody else called it a T-Bone Suplex. Now, you watch any wrestling program, you're not going to hear me get the credit for that, ever. <laughs> I don't know why, but no one realized, like, I was the first guy to do, to take that T-Bone, name it the T-Bone, and kind of uh, take the style of the back arch in the throw and make it to way some guys do it now in Japan or maybe Ring of Honor guys or even some female, some girls. Like I know Becky Lynch from WWE, from NXT. Uh, this is a female who just rocks it with suplexing. You know, I, I'm a fan of this girl. I mean, she really is technically sound in her throw because she has great back arch. Okay, and that, that's, that was my goal was to perfect my back arch because you popping your hips, getting that back arch, Getting good neck strength. Folks, I can't tell you how much I trained for years to build my neck strength, my lower back, my spine, to get my flexibility. Training that I did to keep flexibility in my spine, to perfect my back arch, because to me, that was the art and the, the true technique of the suplex. You need, a gasol- you need gasoline for your car, for your engine to run. You need a back arch and lower back and neck strength for your suplex to be perfect. So that was my whole motive. My whole thing was, you know, back arch, neck strength, quick hips, great grip, and, you know, try to protect the guy the right way. And that's where I, I practiced it and trained and trained and trained. So, you know, I I, um, I feel like, uh, uh, hey, Suplex City was always a, a, a very profitable place for me to live <laughs> throughout my ECW years, you know, and, and, and I, you know, and uh, I, I take a lot of pride in witnessing good suplexing, you know, perfection on suplexing. Dean Malenko was another guy who could utilize some really good suplexing when he wanted to. Dean, I thought, was under, un, under uh, respected with his suplexing ability. Again, being a shorter guy like myself, he his hips were below his opponent. And you guys who are fans of my commentary, when you heard me throughout the years as a commentator, either with WWE or with TNA or whatever, you would hear me talk about the, the technique in my commentary of a proper suplex. Getting your hips under your opponent is the key to popping your hips. Now... I, I'm giving you instructions how to do this, okay? That doesn't mean any Tom, Dick, or Harry, any wrestler can do it. You know, it takes perfection. You have to have an amateur background, I believe. You have to have um, the work ethic to put the time in to really train at this. And you have to have a vision. And I had a vision. I knew. I knew I w- was going to be the human suplex machine. I never came up with the name. I, I never, Paul Heyman, never, it, that, that wasn't what I'm saying. 
I knew that suplexing was going to be a huge part of my arsenal before the name Human Suplex Machine even came into the play. That happened when I was training under Johnny Rods in Brooklyn, uh, and, and I was already trained, and I was one of his senior students. A couple of years went by, and I was still in the dojo helping guys come in, new guys, teach them how to lock up, take bumps, like fundamental stuff. And then, you, you know, like most senior wrestlers in the school do, and hand them over then to, to the, the senior instructor, Johnny Rods, in that case. And I was wrestling for, for smaller independent companies that Johnny Rods was the booker of. And I was hitting suplexes on a lot of these tours. I was trying different stuff. And good God, he got so mad. I would try them in the dojo, too. I'd try them at his school on different... And all the wrestlers were like, yeah, let's try this. Yeah, oh, I want a sick bump. Oh that, oh, that hurt, but it was okay. You know, I would practice these, these throws. And Johnny saw me, and he's old school. And good God, he just cut a promo on me. You can't do that. You're never going to make money doing that. No one's going to work with you. That's dangerous. And I'm not knocking Johnny. That was old school. That's how he thought. That's how he thought. That's why I said at the top of this podcast, I mean, it's it's so nice to see the evolution of business that that something like Suplex City would get over so much. Or, or the number one company in the world, the biggest, largest wrestling company in the world, the WWE, you're seeing so many different guys hit, and gals hit suplexes. Hard and tight, high and hard hit hitting suplexes. You know, back in the day, that wasn't the way it was going to be. You'd get heat. And I got heat. <laughs> so Johnny Rods, what he was telling me when I was coming up, was the truth because he was right but I was thick-headed I was like well and then I broke away from him and his shows and I started doing these suplexes and yeah I wasn't getting as booked as I as much as I should have been I thought then but I was getting booked a little bit here and, and some guys were maybe a little gun shy to wrestle me because I did use a lot of these different maneuvers these suplexes uh and and I prided my I, pri- I would pride myself on not just hitting like one suplex throughout the whole match. That wasn't my thing. You know, I wanted to have a potpourri of throws, and I would always try to change them. I'd write these things down. I'd have lists. All right, this match, I did these four shows, these four throws. All right, this match, I did these two. I would always try to limit it to, like, three suplexes on an average in a, in a, a, a good 10, 15-minute match. I didn't want to do more than that. I didn't want to prostitute it. I wanted to keep it special. Paul Heyman with ECW TV and all the wrestlers I got an opportunity to wrestle helped get that thing over, that human suplex machine, guys that I've had, guys like Rob Van Dam or Sabu or Tommy Dreamer um, or Mikey Ripwreck who have taken these six suplex bumps from me over the years. You know, I thank those guys, you know, because they helped build it. And Heyman with the TV and the way he would edit it and Joey Styles, good God, the way Joey would get him over. That really was all encompassed the human suplex machine. That helped me, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for those men and for those opportunities, you know. And so to me, when I just see someone throw a suplex and they want to call themselves a quote-unquote suplex machine, uh, no, okay? <laughs> there was a lot that went into what I did. It wasn't just like, hey, this guy's shorter, squatty, a guy, he's explosive, and he can hit a suplex. No, no. There was a lot of years that went into this, <laughs> a lot. Now, suplex city, who's the mayor? I don't know. I don't know who the mayor is. There's got to be a mayor. There's got to be a sheriff. There's got to be a deputy. So, I don't know. Maybe this is a podcast. I, gotta, I might have to get Mike today involved with this or something. I got to figure this out. But, um, <laughs> but no, really, I, 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 you know, I think Kurt Angle, I, I mentioned Kurt. I almost forgot to mention him again here. I think Kurt is another guy who 
He's a tremendous suplexer. Obviously, being an Olympic gold medalist and all his years of wrestling freestyle and Greco, all his training, uh, his neck strength, his back arching ability, his quick hips, his great grip, all that plays into it. Shelton Benjamin was another guy who was a, a tremendous suplexer. Another great wrestler. Was a teammate with Brock Lesnar at University of Minnesota. You know, so... Uh, I, 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 you see, you know, I think that, uh, I, I, <laughs> I tried to hit all different variations of throws. That was my goal. And, 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 and I would very rarely do them in the big, you know, early in, in a match or if I wasn't in a, in a feud with a guy, I would, I wouldn't really do it. Uh, um, a ton of them. Cause I, I didn't want to like quote unquote waste them. I felt like you had to cherish the throw. You got to you got to do it at the right time. You see a lot of younger wrestlers today just grab the guy and throw the guy. Okay, well, that don't mean anything. It's like moonsaulting. Uh, you know, so many guys have done moonsaults. Sabu, I felt, was just so innovative and in doing it through the table, and he would pick his spot when to do it. You know, and and after he did it, how he sold it himself. He was a genius. He was a master, master performer. You know, and mo- most of these younger wrestlers, they all can do moonsaults. Yeah, bigger guys and little guys. But you watch a guy like him, how he perfected the creative behind the, a, a moonsault or any kind of high, high flipping, diving move. What he would do after the move or not do after the move. The guy was a genius. And, you know, I, I think you got to be strategic with certain things. And that's what I pride myself on when, all my years of doing suplexing. Um, so, so that's the deal, man. Suplex City. I wanted to just break that down for you. I'm very happy for Brock Lesnar. I think that, uh, if anybody's going to be deemed, um, you know, uh, the, 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 the Suplex City guy, it should be Brock. I mean, he's the one who said it. Hey, Finn, tweet me, say, uh, you actually said Suplex City, meaning me, during commentary, I, I think it was during a SmackDown, it might have been during a Brock Lesnar match, I think with that fan tweeted, but I'm not looking at the tweet that I said Suplex City, and that's something I would say, you know what I mean? So I probably did say that years ago. I'm not saying Brock took it for me, but it's kind of ironic, you know, it's kind of weird. Uh, I guess I'm a visionary, you know? In my own mind, I am. I don't think anybody else believes it, but to me, I am. So that's really the deal. Uh, so that was it, Suplex City. So uh, who's the mayor? I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know who the mayor is. I, um, the sheriff role is not bad. There's less pressure on you. Mayor is more pressure. But right now, Brock Lesnar, he's kind of the king on the block in Suplex City. It's going to be tough to dethrone the big man. So that's it. Suplex City breakdown. Gave you a little HPM inside on suplexing. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, stay tuned right here for some more programming on Play.it or iTunes. From he, the human podcast machine, formerly or always the human suplex machine. My name is Taz, yours is not. Thank you and see you.